you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey, y'all. I'm so glad you're back for our second month here on the Her Portion Podcast. This month's theme is wisdom, and I don't really feel worthy enough to even talk about the subject, but I've learned so much while I was studying for this month. I do want to share what I've learned from God's Word. Did you know there are three books of the Bible that are referred to as the books of wisdom or the wisdom books? Can you name them? Well, they are Job, and you know, Job focuses on human suffering. There is so much wisdom to be gleaned there. Did you know that it is a gift, an actual privilege for us to suffer for the cause of Christ? Last month over on my Instagram page, we read and studied through the book of Philippians, and chapter 1, verse 29 says, For unto you it is given, that word given means to grant as a favor, that is, graciously in kindness, in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So we aren't only given freely the ability to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, but we're also given freely in the behalf of Christ to suffer for his sake. Now, that's another way to look at suffering. I think that's another topic for another day, though. Rabbit trail number one. (laughs) But the second book of wisdom is Proverbs, which focuses on the wisdom that comes from God's law and the stark contrast with the folly of fools. This book is so intriguing to me. It's on my list of books to study through very, very soon. Um, I'm actually going to try to read a proverb a day this month, but the book of Proverbs is packed full of everyday practical advice for Christians. If you don't think you can understand the Bible, so you just don't try, I really encourage you to start in the book of Proverbs. You may be surprised at some of the topics you encounter there. And finally, the third book is the book of Ecclesiastes, which main focus is on the meaning of life. And through the book of Ecclesiastes, we see the author wrestle with the meaning of life. He starts off the book pretty negatively in a pretty negative mindset and attitude. But as he goes on, he has a light bulb moment where he realizes that the things this world lives for are absolutely vain and nothing in light of eternity. So many of the topics in these three books have some overlap and they are all full of wisdom from firsthand experience. Job was written about a man that suffered, in my opinion, in one of the worst ways imaginable. He lost everything, but he still came out of it praising God and was blessed with two times as much as he had before. We see from his life that trouble isn't necessarily a product of our sin. Sometimes God uses the fiery trial to refine and purify us so that he can bring us closer to him. Proverbs is primarily attributed to Solomon, and so is Ecclesiastes. They were both penned by the actual wisest man that ever lived apart from Jesus Christ. I do believe he could teach us all a thing or two about wisdom. And I think Ecclesiastes can sum it all up for us in two verses. The way that book ends is fire, y'all. Chapter 12, verse 13 and 14, they say, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Can we get the mic drop emoji here? I mean, wow, pause for dramatic effect. Solomon comes to realize in all of his wisdom that in the end, our whole duty is to fear God and keep his commandments. God will bring every work into judgment, the published actions and the secret. Everything we do has a purpose. 
One commentary I read said, if God cares as much as this, nothing is pointless. 1 Corinthians 10.31 puts it like this, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So what is wisdom? That's what I want to use the Bible to answer today. If you've ever studied out this topic of wisdom or really have ever just read the book of Proverbs, you've come across three main words. They are knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, of course. Lots of people actually use those three words interchangeably, but that is in error. These three words are, in fact, not the same. Related? Definitely. The same? Hardly. This is a prime example for my argument of defining terms when you're studying your Bible. It is literally an invaluable step in digging deeper into your Bible. Merely reading through the verses is just like a quick surface glance. In order to study your Bible, you have to dig deeper, spend time defining the terms and cross-referencing other verses, meditating on what you've studied throughout your day. A quick passing glance will never produce a knowledge of God's Word, and you can't have wisdom without knowledge. So now you're thinking, how are these words so different? (laughs) They seem similar enough. Well, I'm glad you asked. I've actually been studying this very topic for days, and this is what I found. Knowledge is the beginning. It's the information that you acquire. You can acquire knowledge a few different ways. Um, You can get the information by observation. You can get it by experience or by being told. So reading your Bible falls under that last one, being told. Now, when you comprehend that knowledge, we say you understand it. The word understand means to have just and adequate ideas of. Now, when you exercise your knowledge and understanding and apply it to decision making, you gain wisdom. The word wise in the Webster's 1828 dictionary is defined like this. Having knowledge having the power of discerning and judging correctly, or of discriminating between what is true and what is false, between what is fit and proper and what is improper. The Strong's Concordance defines to be wise this way. It represents the discernment of good and evil, prudence in secular matters, skill in arts, and experience in divine things. It is moral rather than intellectual. It is the adaptation of what we know to what we have and ought to do. Charles Spurgeon put it like this, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as the knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. One thing that I found recurring when I was looking up this word wisdom was the phrase, the fear of the Lord. A quick type into my Bible app search bar for the fear of the Lord is brought up lots of good verses on what the fear of the Lord is. And wouldn't you know, it brought me to Job first, chapter 28, verses 12 through 28. And I'm going to read them here because I think, you know, God's word can speak for itself. So starting in verse 12, it says, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me, and the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx, or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it. Neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom? 
And where is the place of understanding? Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air. Destruction and death say, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. For he looketh to the ends of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. When he made a decree for the rain, and a way for the lightning of the thunder. Then did he see it, and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. If you remember the book of Job, then you know his three friends try to comfort him in the midst of his tragedy, but he calls them miserable comforters. They think they know what's happened and that it surely had to be brought on by the sins of Job. We know that isn't the case because we can read the account of this story in the Bible and can see the things that Job and his friends couldn't. In this world, success is measured by our possessions, and Job's friends just couldn't understand why Job had lost all of his possessions. It had to be something he had done. It had to be a punishment. Job's friends had knowledge, but they failed because they couldn't move past the point of knowledge. They didn't understand. So in chapter 28 of the book of Job, Job is trying to explain to his friends where wisdom comes from. Remember, wisdom is having knowledge, having the power of discerning and judging correctly. And Job tells them in the first verse of this chapter, I didn't read these verses, but I encourage you to go back and do so. But in verses 1 through 11 of chapter 28, he talks of all the things man can do to mine gold and precious resources, but you can't mine wisdom. He goes on in verses 12 through 19 to tell them that you can't buy wisdom. In verse 13, he tells them, man knoweth not the price thereof. Proverbs 3.15 tells us that she, which is wisdom, is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared to her. Wisdom is expensive. If we can't mine it from the earth, if we can't buy it with money, where do we get it? Well, Job tells us in verses 20 through 28, he says in verse 23, that God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. He goes on to remind them of how God demonstrated his great wisdom with the weight of the winds, the measure of the waters, the decree for the rain, and the way for the lightning. And he ends it all in verse 28, telling us what wisdom is. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. When we take the knowledge we have of God from what we have experienced, what we've observed, and what we are told in the Bible, and actually take the time to move from a head knowledge to an understanding and depart from evil, we will fear God, and that is when we show our wisdom. The word fear in this sense, as defined in the Strong's Concordance, is a reverence whereby an individual recognizes the power and position of the individual revered and renders him proper respect. The prerequisite to wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Our wisdom will come after we recognize the power and position of God and render Him proper respect. So let me remind you of how the Strong's Concordance defines to be wise. It says, It represents the discernment of good and evil, prudence in secular matters, skill in arts, and experience in divine things. It is moral rather than intellectual. It is the adaptation of what we know to what we have and ought to do. And that quote keeps coming to my mind. I've quoted it multiple times on my Instagram account. Knowledge does not lead to victory. Application does. The book of Proverbs has so much to say on this topic. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
That word beginning means a commencement, an origin. Wisdom starts with, originates with, the fear of the Lord. Check out Psalm 111 verse 10 and Proverbs 1-7. They make the same exact point. If we want true wisdom, we must start with the proper fear and reverence of the Lord. God described a perfect and upright man in the book of Job when he describes Job to Satan in chapter 1 verse 8. He says this about Job. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. When we have a proper fear of the Lord, when we have the proper reverence towards him, we will want to obey him and depart from evil. And the only way to have proper fear and reverence towards him is to get into his word every single day, cultivate our personal relationship with him daily, spend time with him in his word and in prayer. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you'll come back on Monday and listen to our next episode. I'm really excited about this month. I've learned so much and I cannot wait to hear what all of the other ladies have learned as well. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.